0: Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-TV. The Vancouver International Film Festival kicks off today. The festival offers the usual films and screenings, but they also offer experiences. Ooh, experiences. Community reporter Nathan Clement has more of the details. Hey, good morning, Nathan. Good morning, Dave. How are you today? Nathan, I'm well. Do people in Vancouver call it VIF? We well, you call it the VIF. I, I feel like it sounds too much like Vim. I feel it sounds kind of antiseptic. It doesn't quite have, like, the ring that I want it to have.
1: has a nice, like, subtle tone to it, too. It's not in your face like a TIFF <laughs> or some of the other abbreviations. It's just nice, subtle, drop a little VIF into the conversation here or there, and it's, it's simple, it's easy... Everyone knows what it
0: means. (laughs) Okay, beyond the name uh, that we maybe disagree on, what separates VIF from other film festivals?
1: What's great about VIF is because Vancouver is such a major film industry here in the city that it's one of the largest in North America. So there's a wide range of films, usually over 70 countries, display their own cinema at the event in a a handful of theaters at the seymour location but also across the city as well
0: how are they handling live film performances what are they doing there this is one
1: of the coolest things added in the last couple years so as the movie as the film's going on you're having the director speak you're having Orchestra's played, you're having the actors act on stage, the actors dub over, and just making a real immersive and full environment of just celebrating film, but also trying to push the boundaries of how film is watched and film is
0: displayed. September 28th till October the 8th, so a couple weeks here. For more information, you can head over to viff.org, V-I-F-F dot for more information. As Nathan said, there's a couple different uh, theatres being featured here, but there's a main one. The Viff Centre is on Seymour Street, right there in the uh, downtown core, but viff.org to learn more if you want to uh, check out some films. Nathan, beyond the film festival, the other thing that people are preparing for is the Cali. Calendar turns to the month of October is Halloween stuff and I'm already dreading the amount of Halloween talk I've got to do here for the next 31 days, but bright lights and scary sights. The PNE, the Pacific National Exhibition, is bringing back Fright Nights. So, how are they enhancing the Halloween season?
1: What's great about Fright Nights is and we're going to be talking a lot about Halloween, so I hope you're excited. Um, <laughs> we got a lot... We got a lot of fun little displays, haunted houses, as well as live actors going around trying to scare you. But it's also a fun environment, just where you can go with the family, um, you can go with a partner, with friends, and just really enjoy a kind of like loose environment, but also uh, practice your vertical leap as well. And if you in a few cases
0: nathan i used to have a stronger constitution for horror films and scares as i've gotten older <laughs> i think i've gotten softer not just from the amount of carbohydrates that i consume but i just think in general my soul is a little bit more sensitive <laughs> how do you feel about haunted houses
1: my apartment's pretty spooky in itself so um i'm always surrounded in a haunted house but overall like i've, I've always enjoyed it as a kid um uh, that was one of the highlights for me around Halloween, was going to Fright Nights, but also checking out a lot of the haunted houses around. I had a couple of neighbors that would put on these massive displays and go to the nines every single year and creating these elaborate, deep haunted houses. So it's always been part of my childhood, and
0: they're they're quite fun and quite enjoyable. So, Fright Nights kick off on October the 6th. So, that's the uh, Friday of Thanksgiving weekend on the PE grounds. For more information, you can visit FrightNights.ca, FrightNights.ca. And of course, uh, the PE grounds, East Hastings Street, 2901 East Hastings in Vancouver. Okay, Nathan, sticking with this theme of flavors of the season and Halloween, if haunted houses aren't your thing, there is something else you can do. Richmond County Farms is operating and opening their pumpkin patch for visitors. There's an array of activities for the whole family. So what are the biggest highlights of the pumpkin patch?
1: Obviously being able to pick out your pumpkin, you're going to be using for the month of Spooktober as well as there's a great access to mazes, horse carriage rides, access to petting and being around, uh, Uh, farm animals, and just overall a bunch of different activities all sprinkled throughout the grounds.
0: So I do like the idea of petting some animals. I've got a real thing for goats. So if I get a chance to pet some goats, that's, that's talking my language, Nathan. You can pet all the goats. All the goats you ever wanted to. Well, no, the goat goat has to let me pet it. You know, I still believe in consent. I believe in consent even for the goats when they want to get involved (laughs) in it as well. Uh, Nathan, one of the uh, ongoing threads this week is fall flavors, right? Pumpkin, of course, is one of the big time flavors of the fall season. There's also apple in this neck of the woods. I was just singing the praises of locally made apple cider, like non-alcoholic locally made apple cider, which is typically a little bit thicker than the apple juice that I like to drink on the day to day, but I like to slam about one liter of it this time of year. Feel very sick and miserable about myself for a day or two, but it's all worth it for the sake of uh, fall foliage and fun. What's your favorite fall flavor?
1: My favorite fall flavor has to be pumpkin. I'm a big pumpkin guy. I, I'm I'm West Coast, so everything has to be pumpkinated, whether it's my food, my drink, anything. But to get controversial and to look forward ahead. I, I want your opinion. How controversial is it that eggnog's already being sold?
0: Uh, so I'm not a big supporter of eggnog as it generally goes, and I think it's definitely ridiculous that eggnog's already being sold in stores. Kind of like how I feel it's ridiculous that Halloween candy went on sale about three weeks ago at the grocery store. It's like, come on, guys! Like, can we can we just like hold off a teensy bit with the capitalism?
1: I, I saw Halloween stuff in July. Oh my! So that. that, that <laughs> That's how deep we're going. That's how deep we're going.
0: <laughs> yeah, people like their Halloween. People like getting dressed up. I I, I grant people that. Yeah. You know, they they can they can do their thing. Well, Nathan, have yourself a great day. Thank you for this community report. Talk to you in a couple weeks. You as well. Have a great day. That is Nathan Clement with a community report. Of course, you can find all those Vancouver stories and relevant links over on the blog after the show, AMI.ca slash now, AMI.ca slash now. In about a minute, Amanda Shikarchi stops by with the entertainment report. But first, there is an augmented reality app that aims to improve accessibility for people who are hard of hearing. Mike Debuski has more in Tech Trends.
1: X-Ray Glass is an app designed to work with certain augmented reality glasses. CEO Dan Scarf says it works by hearing dialogue or conversations.
0: The audio is being transcribed on the
1: phone, and this is then, you know, projecting it onto these glasses. And he says there are applications in the world of translation, too.
0: Well, at the moment, we're obviously looking at uh, translation from English to English, but uh, we also have access to 76 other languages.
1: But there are drawbacks the glasses must be plugged in to the phone running the app to work. Plus, while there is a free tier to the X-Ray Glass app, it doesn't separate out individual speakers. To do that, you'll need to subscribe, which can run you as much as 50 bucks. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News.
0: Thank you very much, Mike. Look at Mike doing a little story there about accessibility and technology. Well done by you, Mike, the hardest working men in the broadcast business. Although, I don't know, maybe Amanda Shikarchi is harder working than Mike Debusky, Amanda, in today's Entertainment Report, you've got a story here that intersects entertainment and technology as well. Meta wants to uh, create some digital friends for people on the platform.
2: Thanks, Dave. Yes, I was really fascinated about this story. Meta partnered with influencers and celebrities to play chatbot characters. These characters are based off of the celebrities' personalities. Users interact with these character profiles on Instagram and Facebook. Dwayne Wade is a character named Victor, who is an Ironman triathlete. Charlie D'Amelio's character, Coco, is a dance enthusiast. Other celebrities include Paris Hilton, Tom Brady, and Kendall Jenner. So, Dave, what do you think the boundary should be when using AI for entertainment purposes?
0: I, you know, Amanda, there's something about this story that rubs me the wrong way. I don't know about boundaries. I'm not the person to start putting these things in boxes and telling tech company and people how to live their lives. I, I've spent some time talking to ChatGPT, putting some questions in, having a conversation. I think it's an interesting intellectual exercise. But, Amanda, I'll bounce not your question specifically back to you but I'll bounce this question to you who is who was asking for this and like what's the point of this
2: yeah well um according to Mark Zuckerberg he said it's very much for like entertainment purposes and like there are ways to like you know you can talk to these chatbots about like different theories and stuff um but They're like the facts they have right now are kind of limited and it gets even stranger because soon eventually these chatbots like they'll be their voices for their avatars because right now it just you communicate with them using like text like text writing but soon it'll be the voices which will be even stranger.
0: Yeah, you know the, the voice side of it is where I can maybe feel maybe there's a little bit more of an appeal, but again, I don't know why like the Rock or Dwayne Wade or, or Paris Hilton has to create an avatar. Like, why can't I just talk to Dwayne Wade or Paris Hilton's like true personality avatar? Like, I don't see why why Dwayne Wade needs to become what's the name here, uh, Victor? Like, let Dwayne yeah. Wade, like <laughs> great basketball player, be Dwayne Wade. Let me talk to the Dwayne Wade chatbot. I don't wanna, I don't care about Victor.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely interesting. I I don't know, it, it's sometimes AI is strange when it adds the human component to it.
0: Yeah, again, like I said, I'm not someone who sits here and fears AI every day. Like, I'll leave that to the other uh, mainstream news shows uh, on in Canadian media, clutching their pearls and being concerned. But what I'll say about this is it's not a pearl-clutching component or like, oh, woe is me, dumbfounded confusion, wow, AI. What I'll say is like... This is kind of nonsense, right? Like I get what Microsoft is talking about this week trying to create an AI assistant within Windows 11. I get that Amazon is trying to improve their voice assistant using AI. This just kind of seems like wasted oxygen and wasted energy on a com- from a company like Facebook that should really be working on making sure their platform isn't used for any more ethnic cleansing. You know if you catch my drift?
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. <laughs>
0: okay. Amanda, thank you for this. Uh talk to you tomorrow for a Friday edition of the Entertainment Reports.
2: Thank you. Yes, sounds good.
0: That's Amanda Shikarchi with the Entertainment Report coming up after the break. I've got a regional news update, a couple interesting provincial stories for you and some political drama in New Brunswick. Then Brock Richardson stops by for what I believe will be quite the marathon of topics in the sports chat. i got a lot of things that I want to pick Brock's brain about. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv.